This episode of ArcaSpeak is brought to you by our friends at ArcCat. You have heard us talk about ArcCat in our podcasts by now. Hopefully you've taken the time to visit their site because this is such a great tool for you, the design professional. For this episode, I want to tell you about something new that ArcCat has launched. It's called Charette. This is another great free service from ArcCat for you to take advantage of. Create a project, assign tasks, share and collaborate with colleagues and clients in real time. You can use it as a tool to just simply promote your firm for the world to see. At a minimum, this is free advertising for your firm. Simply put up photos and create a portfolio for people to browse. We helped our cat during the beta test, and we think it's pretty slick. In addition to all the other features we've talked about that our cat offers, this is another awesome free service from our cat. Make sure you go check it out. You've got nothing to lose, so go over to rcat.com and click on the Project Login link right on the top of the homepage. Thanks again for Arcat, who is our longest-running sponsor of ArcaSpeak, for sponsoring this episode of the show. And this episode of ArcaSpeak is also brought to you by Construct, the only dedicated national trade show and education conference for the commercial building teams that spec and source building products. Construct is held in conjunction with the Construction Specification Institute's annual convention. The event is taking place September 13th through the 15th in Providence, Rhode Island at the Rhode Island Convention Center. Construct offers a variety of options for industry professionals looking to learn more about the industry, check out the latest products, technologies, and to network. Visit constructshow.com for more information, and thank you to Construct for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 122 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. Today on this episode, I kind of wanted to talk about, well, let me tell you a little story, and then we'll tell you what I wanted to talk about. Oh, story, t- story, story, story. Cormac. Cormac. I, I like that. <laughs> so yesterday, you guys know that I've been working on a new project for Duke University. It is a school of nursing and physical therapy. And whereas most of Duke is collegiate Gothic, uh, more on their medical campus, they've been kind of leaning towards a collegiate gothic with a modern take of it and so we've been going through all sorts of different design iterations of the building and it's it's been going well but you know every time we take a couple of steps forward i won't say that we take any steps back but you know we discover something like oh you know let's do that or let's do this and so you know we've we've gone through several different iterations that we've presented to the university and they've they've loved them all which is is great it's a it's actually a really fun process. So yesterday we were on the phone with some of the the major players there and you know we were you know kind of priming them for you know well you know some of the things that you've seen before we've taken them and we've developed even further so they're a little bit different than what you've seen them before. And what was great about it is, is that how how the conversation started was is my my boss had said to our clients he's like well the quote Corbusier architecture is a patient search. Now the real quote really is actually creation is a patient search, but 
in the context of what we were talking about, I, I thought it was just, you know, amazing. I'm sitting there jotting it down. And I think the, what we were, what he was trying to get at was, is that we got to go through all of these different processes. We've got to keep drawing, keep designing, keep stretching, keep researching and all this other stuff, but it takes a long time. You know, we, we've talked about this in the past and numerous occasions when, you know, people come up to you and say, you know, Hey, Cormac, what are you working on? Oh, such and such a building. A year later, they come up still and they ask it. <laughs> you say the same thing and they're like, wait, same. And so to go back to that Corb quote is architecture is a patient, patient search. And so yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about patience, patience in architecture and, and how we, you know, how it takes you know, such a really long time sometimes to get to the right solution. And what, what, how do we all deal with like, you know, that, that patient search and things like that. So I just wanted to kind of open it up. You know, it's it's funny because this totally brings up like a, a bunch of quotes to my mind also when, when I hear that, because I mean, it, and it's not just for architecture. I think that I mean, I, 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 we've talked about inspiration before when it comes to this, we've talked about, uh, I mean, I, the, the term that I think of is design is a struggle Yeah, because, yes. because it's very much so for me, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like that for everybody. I think there are, and, and maybe there's even just times where your intuitive first response is the best one, but you don't really know it until you test a bunch of other crappy ideas. And, and so I, I totally get where your guys are coming from because it, it is. And I think most people who have not been through the process, and especially if you show them something that looks even uh, like halfway polished, that it looks done. And so they think that it's it's a lot faster than it actually is. Or they don't see all the time that you spend behind the scenes working on it. And so when you show them a milestone in the process it's kind of easy to assume that it just got there real fast and it's not necessarily the case. Well, you know, it's amazing is, is so, and we'll put it in the show notes. Maybe it'll be the, the photo for the day, you know, for the episode. But, and I took a picture of my desk just in its current state right now. And there's like stacks and stacks of paper and stacks and, you know, like rolls and rolls of trace and everything else that in, there's so much, that I've gone through, you know, whether it's a composition of windows, how those bays like lay out along the column line, you know, does it look too rigid? Does it look too regular? Does it, and how, how deep should I set the windows and all these other things, all these different studies just so, so many I decisions. can, you know, so many decisions just so I could get maybe how is the shadow going to look as it passes over the building? Am I going to get these deep, rich relief between different uh, surfaces, or is it going to just look flat? All yeah. these different studies, SketchUp models, physical models, all of these other things. And I just think that all of these are these tools for this patient search, that it's 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 almost – it seems formulaic, but it really is just kind of this really fun kind of rush yeah. towards process? every – Yeah, process. I think one of the challenges that – I had when I was a sole proprietor was that exact same process is oftentimes hard to make justify your fee, right? Because yeah. you sit down with the client and you show them this design and they go, wow, okay, that's great because you've, you've spent all this time looking at multiple 
options and sketching different variations and and doing all of that other work that it takes to go through the process and then you present them as you mentioned earlier evan the final and it's like oh it's done wow look that didn't take you any time at all right yes. i mean it just it just popped out like that yeah. and it's like no actually there's a pile of sketches back on my desk that they don't see and one of the things i used to do sometimes was to take smaller milestones of that process with me and kind of walk the client through that process like hey i explored this idea then we moved to this that wasn't working so i you know did that to try and achieve the goal of what they wanted and then maybe kind of walk them through that process a little bit so that they understood there were multiple variations looked at and studied so that when you're in that meeting, you don't have the, well, did you look at, yeah, I did look at that. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And here's why. Yeah. So, well, one of the interesting things is in to kind of make this. So when you were a sole proprietor and a lot of times you're bouncing the ideas off of yourself. Sure. Maybe, you know, you're talking to your wife or, Hey, kid, come over here, look at this. But most of the time you're really just kind of bouncing it off yourself. And you may think, well, you know, I like this or it, it feels right to me, but you're not sure. So you're bouncing it off of the, the client once you get there and you, you go through that process. On this particular one, we've got a lot of people that are involved with the project. And one of the things is, is like, like if I, if I'm coming up with an idea and they're like, oh, I really like that idea, but well, what if we were to do that over here? Can you, can you show me what that looks like? So there's like this process. And, and that was kind of what I was more referring to is like two steps forward, maybe not necessarily backwards, but it's like two steps forwards and maybe two steps to the side. Cause you know, you're still trying to go forward, but you know, you get stopped with all these other different iterations of things. And, and that's where that patience really comes into play is, is like, you want to look at everything. But then, you know, we were joking earlier about my project manager kind of mindset. But I also know that I've got milestones and deadlines of things that I have to be able to produce so that the project can stay online. And sometimes, you know, you get kind of quietly frustrated at the fact that everything are good and nothing, nothing that we've talked about is derailing from making this a really good building. And that's kind of like the ultimate goal, right? Is to make a nice, successful building that everybody's going to appreciate and enjoy. It's going to be good for the user group. And then it's going to like actually be right for the place. But then you're also like, but you know, we really have to like get DDs out and let's say a month or something like that. And it's just, you're, you're, you're fighting some of your internal kind of scheduling in, in my mind, I'm fighting my internal scheduling of like, how far do I keep pushing things when I still have to actually produce things? You know, and it's yeah. kind of that, that, that struggle with that or that patience with that of like trying to get, get things done. Where's the pencils down point? Because we all know that you could never just, you could just continue to design, right? But you have to Absolutely. have something at some point that you, you nail down so that you can move forward with it and develop it further. Because, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where you don't know how long the process is going to take until you strike on an idea that gels. And and it could be like designer's block, and you could just 
flounder around trying to figure out what the heck you're going to do because nothing is good enough. Or you could get a great solution very early. And then you could test four different ways and try to break it and just make sure that that was the right one. It, it really depends on so much of you know what what you might just call luck. You know, it, it's yeah. just, yeah. you never know what this project is going to be like. And I think that's one of the things that designers always struggle with, and I guess just architects in general, is, is you never know because the constraints and the rules and the boundaries are always different on every project. And so it's really hard to, basically your fee is either set for you, you know, sliding scale type stuff, or you're basing it off of past experience and you really can't crystal ball what this process is going to be like compared to the last one or the the one that was five times ago because it's going to be different. And so all you're doing is taking your best guess as to what the process could hopefully go like and putting a number to it. Right, right. And so it, it does lead to frustration if you do get designer's block and 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 you can't figure out. I mean, that that is like kind of a terrible place to be in, and nobody likes that feeling. But then, like I said, design is a struggle. And I kind of think that most people know that you don't go with your first your first iteration, you know, your first solution. Sometimes your first iteration or maybe even the 50th iteration is you think is great or your client feels is great. And yet the jurisdiction you're working in comes back and says, yeah, that color, I'm not really happy with that. You're going down the wrong path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead and change that? And I, we're going through that on a project right now where we really like the color scheme and the, jurisdiction it's like well that color maybe you can soften that one color a little bit and so here we are back not quite to the drawing board but revisiting and and looking so that it does require a great deal of patience to to do that and at the same time hopefully you have time in and as you were saying evan budget or, or that certainly concern is when 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 do you when do you stop right and hopefully that you have the right solution. I mean, we're working through a design on an entry feature on another, uh, on an affordable rehab that we're doing that, that we've probably been going at for well over a month on and off, right? We'll, we'll, we'll do something, mock it up and, and then let it, leave it alone for a week while we work on something else. And then come back, give it, present it to the client. And they're like, well, what about this or that? And we're not, you know, maybe this. So then we relook at it again, and we've been going back and forth on this for a while. So hopefully we're getting closer to something that they'll like and they can build and it's affordable for, for the project. But yeah, it, it does. It requires so much time and effort. But I suppose that's just part of the entire architectural process. It requires a great deal of patience, which is what you're getting at. We're all kind of educated to understand and trust that process, even though it can lead you astray sometimes, right? It's not like a blind trust, but you have some reassurances that you've done this before and you know that it works out in the end. And so it's a little bit easier for us to, to trust it, right? But I think that that is kind of where the scary part is for a lot of clients, maybe who haven't done a project before or have had a bad experience to trust that process. And so therefore, a lot of times they 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 start to nitpick small things because they're worried that you're wasting your time. Like, what's this for? Well, why are you doing this way? 
and and <laughs> yeah that that becomes and and what does that do it draws it out even more right because that trust either hasn't been built or or maybe it's been broken at some point along the way or maybe it's not even your fault and it's somebody from the past who who broke that trust and just makes them not not open to this process again and so that is it's hard but you have to communicate your way through it right that's one of those things where it's it's you you have to reassure them that you do have the experience to to pull this off and you do know that it's a process and and i guess that's just a really tough balancing act and and so like when you're saying have patience i really think of the word balance through this whole thing because you have to balance expectations you have to balance all kinds of things when it when it comes to actually making this process work for everybody well it's even also part of that whole educational process educating the client on managing their expectations or you know managing educating so good example is we we have all of these roof terraces that we want to do and that the client really would like to have but because of our overall assembly square footage within the building it's a it's a business building with the accessory spaces, assembly accessory spaces, and then you can't go over X amount of square feet for the overall building. And and the terraces are included in that calculation. So the problem is, is that with both egress and everything else, again, I'm kind of getting in the weeds here, but with egress and everything else, the, it we have to minimize their size to limit the amount of people that we have up on the roof because that's kind of, yeah, you don't want to have to put in additional staircases and right, you know, all right. this extra stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, once we went to it being a five story building rather than a four story building, a lot of things changed. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, is that that's the part of the educational process that we need to do with our client is letting them understand and letting them know that, we really want to do the same thing. You know, we, we have a vision that's very similar to yours. We're fully aligned with what you want, but there are things like AHJs, you know, your local codes, your, you know, your national codes and things like that, that are really kind of constricting that are going to change them. And here's the best way to solve that while getting what you want, but also appeasing all of the building codes and stuff. Well, even even going through those meetings where that that kind of give and take or additional ideas, the, the collaborations happening, at some level you have to build in the flexibility to handle the unknown, which is, you know, because you're not gonna maybe you do have the experience in the moment to know what the ramifications of a design decision are, but a lot of times you don't, and you have to go back and study that right, and work right. through that, and so building in kind of a, an expectation that, okay, we're all going to have to be flexible here. If we really want to do this, we're going to have, we may have to do some other stuff too. We don't even know what that stuff is yet. And what's interesting to me is that we're really comfortable with that, but a lot of people are not comfortable with that at all. And right. so trying to communicate that in a way that puts people at ease is an interesting aspect to being an architect. I think just part of the job of being an architect. I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I think that is a huge that's a huge part that we don't really teach. It's, it's it's totally a learned asset. You don't get trained how to do that. And, and a lot of times you just got to kind of see, you know, in, in I've been in this business for a while and I've dealt with clients and stuff, but I'm watching my bosses in action with our clients and the way that they're able to handle them and, and manage the expectations and manage changes and things like that are just, 
they're off the charts amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. just – I've been watching them taking notes. It's fun like, to watch, dude, right? that's yeah. just <laughs> – like, how the hell did you do that? That is awesome. Yeah. And it's just – I, I'm like flabbergasted at, at some of the things because, you know, I, I thought I knew it. I thought I knew how to deal with and manage it and and to to be able. I mean, there's just some creative nuancing that is just amazing yeah. that even I don't have it. <laughs> I'm learning. But so that that's the actually a, another great thing is just the, the patience in myself to be able to know that even though I've got plenty of experience and there's some strengths and weaknesses and within my own knowledge base, being open to just watching people who have been doing this for two to three times as long as I have and how they've become successful throughout their, their career is, is, is equally as valuable of a tool coming away from this project as being able to design and deliver a really good building. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that whole that whole learning experience that never stops if you get exposure to those types of environments or just situations is a, is a really cool thing to to be op- be exposed to i guess yeah yeah cuz i mean even with the way it's interesting because you know the, the, we've got several different hands that are looking at the design involved with this and then we've got project managers and we got project architects and and everybody from every different level is is involved with this and everybody wants to and is having a lot of say and buy in on that but to mm-hmm. manage all of that is is it's a ch- it's a challenge sure. but what's interesting about it is is if you're if if you're not rigid and sitting here saying oh I just can't change this or oh we can't change that you got to do this if you're really just kind of open and just watch the way other people work. Not only is it a valuable tool for management, but it's also a valuable tool for your own personal growth of learning how. Because it's interesting to watch other people's specifically designed process. Because I have my own kind of way that I design. A lot of it is just trial and error till something feels right. Or maybe building off of things. Doing research on different... I know what I want to do, but... Maybe I need to go and look at other examples of it to just kind Designed of Designed by Google? <laughs> yeah. Downloading a folder full of pictures? It used to be designed by, like, my multiple shelves of architecture books, but I don't think yeah. I've uh, cracked any of those open in a long time. Yeah. Uh, Google's Google's much faster. What happens to all of those architecture books when we've just gotten to the point of really not needing them anymore? That's a side. That total side. Recycle. Recycle. Yeah. That's shameful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it might be shameful, but at some point in time, really, does do, do you have room for everything? Do you really? I think what what happens, Cormac, is when you move, right? Mm-hmm. So you move and you look finally at those things and you go, I haven't looked at one of those in a decade. I am not moving all of those things again. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely do that to the magazines. In fact, my wife would wish that I would do more on my magazines. Sure. But, I mean, I can't see how I would recycle small, medium, large, extra large. Yeah, seriously. Nothing. No, no, I'm not talking about books. Books are a different, books are a different category yeah. here. I'm talking, you, you mentioned magazines, so I was sticking strictly with architecture record or PA or some of those 
other magazines that we all kept for many years. I, I've seen. So what I've seen uh, at one point was you kept them all, and then after a while it gets un, unwieldy, and then it's like, well, in, in my business, mostly residential, you kept record houses. Okay, I'm just going to keep that one that that one magazine for that year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna toss the rest. And then eventually it's like, yeah, I haven't looked at that in so long that when I move next time, it, you're, you're starting to pack these things up. It's like, yeah, forget it. Nope. They're, they're off to the recycling. Yeah. On that side note, I think that's what happens to them. I don't know. Maybe some of our listeners will tell me different, but I think that's what happens to those books. Now books are a different category. We, we keep all our books. I designed my whole dining room to be bookcases on each side. So we have lots and lots of room. Cool. I know that that was like total side note there, but uh, it was great because I was talking with one of our principals in the office and we were, we were talking about, so what we want to do with the interior of the main lobby space is do some very expressive structural exposed structure. And because this is the school of physical therapy, we were talking about how we could do more like expressive joinery or even kind of a transition from like a steel to wood to steel kind of intersections of, and, and we kept looking at like our hands and stuff like that. And he turned around and he kind of pulled out Gray's Anatomy and which is great that an architect has Gray's Anatomy in his library. Totally. Because, cool. you know, and, and he was just like, you know, look at this. Cause I was drawing a joint, a knee joint actually. And I was, because you draw bones. Yes. Because I draw bones. I draw. In fact, <laughs> what's interesting is, you know, is, I don't know if he thought it was interesting, but other people thought it was interesting that I could, from memory, almost perfectly draw a skeleton, <laughs> like all of the different bones and connections. And that's you know, a little creepy, Cormac. Well, yeah. it's just. Well, that's just how. I mean, one of the exercises that we used to do in in school in art class was to draw the human anatomy, but more it was, we used to draw the human figure as bones or as a muscular system. Okay. And so drawing it that way gets to see kind of like the underlayers of things and then understanding what the skeletal system looks like and does tends to be, tends to translate to more, realistic or at least a more more of an understanding of what the human body can do when you're drawing the human body and sure. that was kind of the exercise but me being me i took to it a little bit probably a little stronger than most and <laughs> it said "Ooh, i'm gonna draw skeletons all the time and i love it or i'm gonna i'm gonna draw some dude walking around with no skin i love that you guys were i mean as soon as you said that this is a what the building was about, what it was for. And you started talking about, I knew you were going to go to joints and stuff. And I just thought that was so cool. And I think you should come work in California. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there you go. So what was, what's great about it is, so, you know, we, we, st I started drawing it and stuff and he like, you know, it says whips out Gray's anatomy and, and, you know, he's like showing me things. And, and so I'm like relating what my connection details to like say a knee joint or, you know, a, a, the wrist and, and things like that. And it, I just thought that you know, this is such a great part of the process. Now it took me a while because going through like all of the exterior skin iterations and things like that, this really was part of it. But I think I had to go through all of those iterations to really kind of understand what I wanted to do in this one particular part of the interior 
and how that relates to a lot of the expression that we're doing on the exterior to then translate to like, how does the vestibule engage in this, this lobby space? And then how, once you start coming into the lobby space, the procession of what you see, but then what does each of those connections mean and things like that? You know, so it was, it's kind of a, the process mm-hmm. is That's so, awesome. yeah, it's, it's, I, I love the process, but as you said, do it now, do, now do it faster. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is uh, you know, it's it's taken such a a long time. And you know, it's funny, it's like you say two months. Two months I've been on this project now. And in two months the 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 building has progressed, both the plan has come around and is looking really good. Some good, strong, clear diagrams. Those diagrams relate both in plan into the elevations and everything else. And so they it's it's a good, the building is much tighter than it was where mm-hmm. it was at that point. And that's a, that's a long process in itself. But to think that you're almost like everybody's expecting to have a building. Like I, I just told you about this building yesterday. Why aren't you done? No, exactly. Yeah. So, and it's, it's so interesting. So Cormac, I'm curious at the very beginning, you started with a quote that your coworker said, you, how did that go over with the, the people he was speaking. Oh, with. it was actually it was it went over well. Okay, Kabuzi who? <laughs> no, no, these are these are. You That's know, the title of this episode right here. Kabuzi who? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It was. It was. I mean, they have real. They have realistic expectations, which which is great because we've talked a lot about. Sometimes we have projects where we have clients that have unrealistic expectations that they expect that you're gonna have things done. And I just told it to you yesterday. Why aren't you done today? Kind of thing. And in this particular case, they know we're going to get done. They know we're going to be on schedule. They know that we're going to, you know, do, but what they want is they want us to do it right. College campuses kind of do get the process because it's not their first rodeo, right? It is such a good feeling too, because I have, you know, my history with uh, K through 12 and it's just, that's, that's not K through 12. Right. K through 12 is... We got to get it done this summer. It was like, just give me whatever. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I just went to a meeting and it was just like, give us this thing. Like there there isn't a rush because it's next year is what they're thinking. Uh, we'll build this next year. No rush. But uh, it's give me the give me the simplest, cheapest thing. Make it out of galvanize this and that. And, and I mean, it, it is what it is, but, but still... That that's kind of the the typical K twelve mentality. I think is is just give me whatever. Yeah, right. Solve the problem. You know, it's solve the problem. Give me the you know the cheapest way of doing it. Oh, we need a roof on our over us. Okay, cheap flat roof or cheap standing seam metal roof or cheap this with painted concrete block and this and that. Just and then you look at it and you're like, oh. well, the interesting thing about that is you kind of can expect those constraints. And so what. Then, then you kind of take it upon yourself. What can I do with that to still make it a meaningful thing or to make it work even right. better or to right. give them more than they expect? And, and I think those are never the constraints when you're in school. Uh, and so that's a, a kind of a harsh reality of, of different types of work. But, but you still kind of have to take that and see what, how far you can push it and how fast you can do it. Well, and there may not be constraints in school, but I think the biggest constraint in any school experience is time managing your time right because you're working on a quarter or a semester system and you have to do this project and you're doing four or five other classes 
at the same time and there's only so much time. So I think that's your ultimate constraint. But typically there though, they're not really expecting things to be fully cooked. No, probably. No, of course. They're really just expecting, you know, that it's more of like, give me the pie in the sky idea. What's this big idea? Develop that big idea and then just kind of articulate it somehow architecturally. It doesn't have to work. They may not expect it to be fully cooked, but that won't matter during your crit because somebody will pick apart the one thing that you didn't have time to solve or to follow through with, and that'll be the part that they pick on, right? I remember one time, I, and this was third year too, it was like early third year, we got bogged down. We were looking at my design and stuff, and we were, I was going through the, the crit. And one of the professors said, well, you know, this isn't buildable. <laughs> First of all, wasn't really sure at that time that anybody could have. Was thinking on those was, terms. Was, was thinking in, in buildable <laughs> terms and stuff. But yeah. then I then I got deep into the weeds of proving to him how it was buildable. Oh, nice. And actually, one of the one of the judges of the Cor of this Cormac's like, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Are you challenging me? I was like, let me open up this can. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop ass! You know what was great is that I defended its constructability <laughs> rather than the design. And at the end of the day, there was a contractor that was also part of the crit because this was, was called a wood competition. And it was sponsored by Great Southern Woods or, or something like that. I, I can't remember the name. It's, it, they, the year started with 19. That's a long time ago. And and so I was defending this. And at the end, the contractor was just like, just to let you know, it's totally buildable. And that's all he said. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like why did you wait till the end? I was like, well, thanks for interjecting. <laughs> but what was interesting about it is not one bit of the conversation focused on my design. It was purely about the constructability of this thing and whether or not it could actually work. Because it was this huge cantilever over this rocky cliff that hovered over these waterfalls. And it was awesome. Or at least I thought. It kind of looked like a bat wing. Go figure. Um, <laughs> but it was... We didn't... we. Did not focus one bit on my design. It was purely Isn't that on funny? constructability. Yeah. You it never was... know where those reviews are going to go. Yeah. Never. No. But I mean, that was the thing is, so what was actually great, kind of bring it back to like school and stuff, is that we we have a an intern that's been there for the summer and she's getting ready to go back to start her, her master's degree program at University of Maryland. And she's been on the project helping us out with interiors and things like that. And actually yesterday she worked on view angles because here getting into the weeds of things one of the things that came out of our discussion with the client yesterday was the mechanical screening now what we did we decided to kind of pull the the parapet up as to be the mechanical screening because it, it gave it a little bit of balance and some solidity to the roof and kind of the parapet but they were worried about cost and in totally understandable worrying about cost and but we had we we went through different iterations of mechanical screen or just high parapet and things like that. So we went through, and this is what's interesting about it, because we had the patience of studying every little bit and piece of this to make sure that we're doing the right solution. We set it up in SketchUp to basically do all of these view angles from different locations. You're 
going to be approaching this building the first time you see this building at that point that you see the building are you going to see the mechanical equipment from this point the first time you see the building are you going to see the mechanical equipment? all the way around 360 degree view of this thing almost pretending that there was no building in the way or if there's a building in the way what do you see and it was so cool that we got her involved with looking at every little aspect of it in yeah, understanding from a human perspective from a human perspective of things and and then did you tell her at the end you could just photoshop it all out anyway <laughs> <laughs> no i should have told her that but but what was great about it is, is that teaching her to think about things beyond what we normally teach in school and stuff like that and really looking at all of these little details and just the the way that this rooftop equipment is designed the top of the ductwork that's coming out of it because we got a lot of exposed ductwork is at 11 feet above finished roof surface so it's it's huge it's sitting Dang. up there pretty high yeah and it's pretty close to the edge of the roof so yeah so what are all those angles yeah so what are all those angles what are we looking at right so it was just interesting to kind of go through all of that process and, and really, and again, and again, it's, you know, we talked about this, but nobody really knows, Neil, you, you talked about all the different iterations that you would go through and, and they almost go unheralded because you're just showing them that final solution. And it's interesting, at least for us, I guess it's interesting that the process is, is that we go through that. what feels like to me, at least, I don't know, five roles of trace yeah and that i've gone through so far and nobody's going to see most of those right. you know but they're going to be part of that process part of that patient searching for the the right solution i think what's kind of cool too at the end to take all that stuff and and make it part of a story for the project at least one for you guys yeah yeah because that's it's interesting to go back when you're starting a new project and look at how you got to a certain point on a, on a previous project, and the only way to do that is to kind of go back through that process history and see how, you know, all the iterations. Because just, again, just that final, that final image is a lie of, of <laughs> not a lie, but it's, it's the final representation of so much more stuff that, that will never be seen. Exactly. And, and again, like I said, it's satisfying for us, but it's just this unheralded mass of effort. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think that shouldn't that shouldn't go to waste. And maybe it's part of a education within your office of here's the process we went through and the different iterations, so that you can you can expose that lie, as you said, Evan. Yeah. Right? It's not a lie, but you can expose it and say here's here's how we got to this final representation of of the building. I always felt like those were the most successful presentations in school because. The final pretty picture, you know, what, what you were talking about, Cormac, a minute ago when you were talking about the intern and, and how a lot of times when we're working on a project, the project is our world. It is the world. Yeah. Yes. And, and what's interesting is to put it into a context of it is a part within the whole, which you're having her do, right? So now you're setting it in its actual place. You're looking at it from actual paths, from certain distances away. You're, you've got to look over things, around things, through things to see it. So how does it fit in to the overall fabric and the context of the campus that it's in? And and so in school, that's typically not the case. And, and I'm not, I'm just saying typically, it's not always the case, but, but you're looking at the thing isolated on its own, contextualless, 
for a, a lot of the time when you're designing it. You're looking at it as a 360-degree thing, and you want to consider every aspect of it when, in reality, we're forced with con the constraints of, of budget and time and all the things that we've got to deal with where maybe we have to focus on a couple of areas to really make the architectural expression happen. And, and it's a very different thing, but I guess I guess where I was going to start with this was I'll go back to where I was going to start with this was I always felt that the most successful projects that we pinned up on the boards showed the process. Right. It wasn't just the final images and it had the, the scans or the trace just pinned right over an area on the final presentation to show that you, you could explain how you got to the final solution or the drawings at that level could speak for themselves on a higher level than just the final pretty pictures. And and so often firms, I think, s struggle with how much of that dirty process do we actually show? And, and are our clients comfortable with it? A, a client will come to the office like, clean up, right? Clean up the office. Yeah. The client's coming. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, why do you want to, why do you want to hide that neat stuff that, that, is the workshop of these ideas and these processes. And and why do we only pin up the pretty pictures on the wall? Why do we not pin up these processes? We still struggle with the same things, I guess, that we do in school. When you're putting together those presentation boards, do you just show the final pretty pictures and, and then it, it forces you to be there to explain it? Or do you show the whole timeline and it, pin it all up and leave it there so it can explain itself in a very interesting way for a lot of people because that's them seeing behind the curtain of what you do. So one of the interesting things, since you're bringing this up, we, we had in our office a, um, we, we call it a pizza crit, but in this case, we have some interns and pizza some new crit, employees. Cool. That, it sounds delicious. I know. Oh, it's, it's great. <laughs> office buys pizza and everybody gathers in the large conference room. And in this case, we had uh, one intern, uh, no, Three new employees, excuse me, no interns this time. So three new employees present their their final project. That I mean, several. I think all three of them just graduated this this year. So they presented their final project, and one of the ones that was presented on the boards, you know, these pretty final boards. I, I I'm just so amazed at the work that is yeah. coming out of everybody in school these days. Yeah. I'm like, it's such a different experience from what I had to do or was capable of doing with the technology at the time when I was in school. So, but in, in any way, getting to your point though, Evan, about showing the dirty process, one of the boards that was presented did include a number, several early sketches of design ideas. And I think what was effective is, is in the presentation, she I think did a good job of presenting here are some sketches, some concepts of what I was trying to do by keeping this thing either open or having these views. And so they were, they were small sketches on the boards, but it communicated the idea that she initially started with. And then as she moved through the presentation, you can see how those ideas were kept all the way through in the final design of the building. And so I think that's an important aspect of any presentation. You should include those 
early concepts and just maybe their little sketches. And, and in this case, they were nicely cleaned up, but you could tell they were sketches. They were just sketches that were scanned and included on these boards in a way that allowed the process to be shown of what she was trying to do. I think that that goes all the way to professional work too. So you're doing award submittals or... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or you're doing a presentation to a client. It doesn't stop with student work. Interesting you say that because uh, we're submitting for some awards and and I asked to come by and kind of like look at it and and kind of see what was being included and, and kind of opinions on photography and stuff like that. And what was interesting is that we chose to really kind of focus on the process of getting both the design process, but the design process as a collaborative process all the way throughout to get to that final, those pretty magazine images and things like that. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was really cool to see that the concepts that were there from the very beginning, those diagrams were, were thought out and and kind of adhere to all the way through the process to that, that final building. And you could still see the diagram in the, in the finished images. I mean, in the finished photos. And it was just, it was great to, to see that process and, and that kind of kept looking back at what you, you started with and just working through it and kind of referring back to the early diagrams or the early concept that was what you thought was what was going to hold the building together as part of this design philosophy and whether or not you were holding true to that as you worked through it. I think it's your test, right? Yeah. Through your yeah. through your design process and the patience it takes to get through that is the topic here today. That early those early concepts are your test. You have to go continually go back and look. Have we gone off course? Evan, you mentioned it earlier. You have you gone off course, yeah. right? That's your partie, and, right? That that's the whole idea yeah. behind the yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> Arca speak words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Arca speak words, yes. But yeah, that's that idea that you go back to and and see if you're still on track for that. Does it still does it still work with that original diagram that you and and maybe it does and maybe it doesn't and and if it doesn't, there's pro- there's probably reasons why. And so maybe you need to go back and make adjustments to that, and that's okay. But it is kind of neat to see that progression happen, and you can look back and see that original idea and and see the common thread through the whole thing. That's a that's a cool thing to to be a witness of. Yeah. Well. Just as kind of my own final thoughts, because you know all of this, I know we we kind of like went on different tangents of the topic, but I think all of this is kind of like that illustration of our last con- last bit of the conversation talking about the party and the concepts and diagrams and stuff like that show to me that this is a we're it's it's all about the patience it's all about process of getting from point a to point b and looking back and looking forward and everything else and i just uh, thanks for kind of offering in your uh your insight on this because i think it's extraordinarily valuable to anybody who's getting into this profession to kind of understand that there's going to be times when you're going to get frustrated with all of that well guess what we do it in the profession too we get frustrated with the the process and on occasions, but sometimes the frustration of the process yields probably better work. Yep. That's why I do say design is a struggle. And, and I don't mean to say that in a bad way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of, 
I kind of feel like if it's not, then something's not right about it. If it comes too easy, why is that? If, yeah. I mean, there, there are that, that to me is kind of one of those red flags where it's like, okay, maybe you're just regurgitating something you've already done, or maybe you're regurgitating something somebody else has done. And we, we talk about this bag of tricks or this kit of parts. That, no. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are, these yeah. are kind of bad words in the design world because, because that there, you're not, you're not innovating something Any of my new, or it really got to be like this. You've 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 always got that one element that's that signature thing, and and I get it. There are some firms that have like these signatures, right? I mean, that's why they're hired, but that doesn't mean that they're just consistently regurgitating stuff they've already done and just changing it because the plan changed. I mean, you go through this process to to get better at what you're doing. Maybe maybe the 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 whole process changes or the way you approach it's different or the team is different or all these things are going to inform a different solution than before. And so you've kind of got to work your way through all that and struggle your way through it. And so again, struggle doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, I kind of relish the struggle of design actually. That's why you do what you do, right? Yep. Yep. All right guys. Well, Hey, I think we've put the cap on this one. So, but before we go, we'd like to thank our episode sponsors. First, we have RCAT. Check out all the features they offer over at ARCAT.com. We're also sponsored by Construct. Visit ConstructShow.com to learn more about the upcoming conference being held really soon, actually, coming up next month at the Rhode Island Convention Center between September 13th through the 15th. And thanks to them for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. And remember to visit the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com for our links to our catalog of episodes and to sign up for our newsletter, which includes links to everything we mentioned in this episode and including Grey's Anatomy. That one will be in there. So look that one up. <laughs> Between episodes, join the conversation on our Facebook page or Twitter. Links to everything can be found at the main site, arcaspeakpodcast.com. And thanks for listening, everyone. Stay subscribed, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, and go over to iTunes and give us some five-star reviews. We could really use those to uh, help get the word out about the show. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Thanks. And thanks for your patience. <laughs> 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 All right, see you guys. Bye. Bye. I join the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing. I join the choir to sing. I join the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing. I join the choir to sing. Let it fill up a gasoline tank